Greetings, fellow travelers, and welcome to the Tavern Hunter podcast. Today on the show, we're joined by Robert Denton III. You may know Robert from his work on the Legend of Five Rings role-playing game, as well as his contributions to Tiny Dungeon and his own creation, Tiny Taverns. Robert, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being on. Well, we're, we're thrilled to have you. Uh, and before we, start, <laughs> before we start talking taverns, would you uh, give us a little bit of your background and how you got started as a, as a writer and game designer? Uh, well, uh, game design, I just sort of fell into. Um, I think uh, my professionally, I got started with Legend of the Five Rings 4th edition. Some of the writing assignments that I would get uh, included mechanics. So uh, I just kind of dip a toe here and there uh, with you know just some random schools and techniques and things from that game. And then it just kind of escalated bit by bit. Uh, honestly, the uh, Tiny Taverns is my first 100% just me uh, individual game published, uh, but like not in a professional way. I got started much much sooner. I think most GMs probably know what I'm talking about. You homebrew, you tinker with everything. No system survives contact with the GM <laughs> because you're messing around with. So, like I think every game I've ever GM'd since I was 12 was some kind of homebrew mm-hmm. or uh, you know kit bashed system and things things like that basically. Yeah, well, no, no system survives first contact with the GM because no game survives first contact with the players. So we constantly... <laughs> that's true. And so, that's fine, you know. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. That's the hobby, right? That's so. Yep, you're exactly right. Yeah, I think, yeah. In that sense, so many of us are, are game designers. And um, you talked about that just now, about kind of developing your own stuff. And in the introduction to... Tiny Taverns, you talk a lot about the the flashpoint for the game, which was a tavern uh, in your own campaign setting. Um, so even though, you know, the tavern is everywhere and, you know, it's such a cliche of like you, you meet in a tavern, why do you think it's remained uh, so important to fantasy settings as a whole, to your own gaming sessions and to, to RPGs kind of en masse? Well, uh, I think that... One- I think the big appeal of the tavern and why it's just like remained in so many games and and elsewhere, I think it's just that it's such a useful device. Mm. Uh, it's this big public place with uh, all kinds of different uh, characters they convene. It's traditionally the place where you know people uh, pass the crack around and uh, talk and uh, all the gossip goes out and it's a place to drink and make merry and and run into uh outlandish people and you know i think uh that and being a traveling way station means that occasionally uh people show up that you know are from faraway lands and things like that just stereotypically in fantasy uh it's a it's a really useful device because it's a place where you can start uh world building as a central place you can expand from there and uh, kind of subtly accelerate, so to speak, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that makes it a really useful narrative device. And in, uh, in like role-playing games, it does a lot of the work for you. You're already uh, in a place where folks are forced to interact, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. forced. Um, right. And then, um, you know, from there, you can just kind of like build out it's almost safer to start 
in an indoor area that's enclosed where players and you know characters can kind of hint at what's outside and then when the door open the door when everyone is ready uh, of course in our game everyone stays in the tavern so <laughs> um i also think that players are just more comfortable with uh things they've already encountered and that, i guess well that sounds bad that's not meant to be uh like you know i thought to say people are limited or don't want to try new things but i think that the fact that it's been such a uh recurring trope uh it's almost expected isn't it yeah exactly yeah folks are more comfortable with that you know what i mean like yeah so i think that's probably why it's stuck around and yeah and i like what you're saying about the it's kind of a nexus for building a world um but there's also a sense of safety there because it's it's expected you're indoors your characters are indoors um and i never i never thought of that before but that, that makes a lot of sense and most games spill out of the tavern or the inn out into the world but as you say your game stays in the tavern and um yeah tiny taverns really caught my eye last year when you were kickstarting it i got super excited about it and i was i was not disappointed at all uh, and part of that is because they're just there if you look around on drive through or whatever there are so many tavern generators and tavern lists and ways to supplement your D tavern there just aren't that many games set in a tavern um so let's talk about that for a second when you had this idea about a game that's set pretty much just in the tavern did you explore any other systems uh for that game before you landed on tiny um no actually it was uh it was commissioned specifically for the tiny d6 system so uh we were we were gonna do that from the start (laughs) had you had your way nobody from nobody from gallant knight will hear this had you had your way would you have stuck with tiny d6 you don't have to answer. Oh, that. I should hope Alan would wa- would watch this. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think because I conceived of it as a tiny D six game, uh, I hadn't considered like other systems. But I would probably I know there are systems that I like that I would you know could write a tavern game for. I probably would have wanted to do an original system if it mm. wasn't going to be tiny D six. And to be honest this interpretation of the tiny d6 system is pretty different compared to some of the other ones so i guess like what was uh, appealing to me about it was not only that i got to use my favorite minimalist system which is tiny d6 uh but i was able to reinterpret it in a way that was more narrative uh than the previous ones you know where Mm -hmm. the system became more like prompt generation and scene uh generation instead of like 100% conflict resolution. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because if you, you know, looking at if you look at Tiny Dungeon or any of those other games, um, the base is there, I think, especially for a tavern game because, you know, you want to keep things kind of light and minimal. Um, but Tiny Taverns, as you say, it's not especially tiny because you put in so many of those, um, those little rules for... Um, you know, like mood and things like that to kind of round things out, which I think is very cool. So there's this emphasis on on player agency. Um, do you think... Well, I'll ask the question that I wrote and then I'll bounce off that. Were there any player mechanics that you wrote that didn't uh, make the cut, either because it didn't fit the tiny system or maybe didn't hit the tavern vibe? Uh, 
there were a couple of things that we ended up cutting uh, for for various reasons. Um, in terms of like stuff for players, I had originally envisioned lots and lots of different like chore systems and things like that, but like with a lot of the stuff that I had in mind and actually sitting down and crunching it, you know, I realized that it was bloating up out mm. of like a minimalist game. The big thing, and of course, it's easy to give advice to designers and writers where it's like, don't 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 overcomplicate, stay minimal, stay, you know, in the lane of the system. But then when you get your binders on and you're actually right, it could be you could forget that. So my first draft easily was just too much stuff, too yeah. complex. And then um once I stepped back and looked at that, it was like, ah, I gotta we gotta crunch it. So now instead it's just like, okay, there's a chore system that's adaptable to whatever players want. And uh, there's an episode generator instead of like listed specific, you know, adventures and things. And you know what? Let's just make a broad tavern generation so players can play whatever they want instead of like having specific. Um, I almost cut all of the, uh, and of course it ended up being an optional rule, but I almost cut the uh, the tavern stats and all like the tavern mini game stuff. I almost cut that out completely, but I kept it in as an optional rule. There was also originally a GM, a shared GM mode, the original draft had where it was there, there wasn't going to be like one person telling the story. The idea was that everyone collaborated to make the tavern and then everyone made their own section of it, like their own rule or their own room rather. Um, we had said, like I'd mentioned a, a little bit ago, we were talking about uh, the tavern is like an enclosed space and it stays. So I thought one way we could expand on that is players decide uh, what their section of the tavern is like and it could tell us about their characters and where they're from if it's like this is your room this is your study the wizard has his laboratory and like if your character's the bartender then maybe that section of the tavern is like a special room that's like the vip bar that's your section of the tavern and whenever the adventure took place in there uh you were the gm Mm. for that but then if the adventure moved to a different room now it's hot potato tossed to that player and that player is deciding how the story is told and there was a mechanic set up where we it was timed so if you extended like if you went beyond the time then the scene had to switch to a different to a different part of the tavern so there was more but then um i never got a chance to play test that particular mm. mode and then the pandemic happened and I, I Discord works for role playing okay, but I, I detest play testing over Discord. I just I want to be able to be in there and yeah. feel the energy and see and then just so, so it ended, ultimately ended up being cut. If I could do it again, I would have play tested it too long. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, the Kickstarter maybe would not have happened. Yeah. Well, here you go. Yeah, maybe, so maybe, maybe, maybe in maybe in peacetime you'll get back at the table and we'll we'll have another tiny taverns expansion on our hands. Fingers crossed. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm fully yeah. vaccinated now too. So there you go. Anybody in Virginia? That's uh, right. I wonder how many how many stories, countless stories we will hear. Where someone will be telling their story and then they'll add, and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> exactly. The story, <laughs> the story takes the a hard pause. right. Right. The great oh. pause. Um, 
Oh, uh, guess what? Uh, there was a part, the opposite of your question also happened. There was something that I added due to playtesting that wasn't intended to be in the game. The original version of Tiny Taverns had no combat system whatsoever. Mm. And the idea was that if there was some kind of physical conflict or something like that, you would have uh, basically a contest to resolve right. one role. But players, I found, they were having trouble wrapping their mind around... They were, they were used to other really big systems that I won't mention, but we all know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, they were used to that kind of, you know, well, we've tried this, we're going to resolve it this way, and then they kept pausing and looking at me like I was telling them to roll for initiative or, like, who's... And I'm just like, I see what's happening here. And then uh, in, like, talking about it afterward, in our little aftercare, I guess, so to speak, uh, they were, um, they had said that they'd preferred to have, so, like, the option of, of fighting or, you know, it already was geared toward hijinks and things like that, but they wanted to have uh, the option of a combat mode. And uh, I think you can either lean in that, like, you could either lean towards what playtesters are telling you and, and expand and accommodate, or you can try to shut it down and force players to play the, the game that you were designing. And in this case, I felt like uh, I should just do what they were, you know, just like yeah. they were saying, well, we need. And uh, honestly, it, in a way, it also gave us more like product line synergy because every Tiny D6 game so far has had a combat mode right. in it. It's like most of the book. So this gave us some line synergy because it did whatever other. If I could do it again, though, I would have included it as an optional mode to be honest because i, I yeah. kind of like yeah you know, it's a slice of life game right isn't and isn't that didn't you kind of get into that with the um with the expansion you did where you, you kind of mentioned yep. that yep yeah. yeah the expansion has i think i would have preferred to put that in as like the main way that it was run and then have the actual combat mode be an optional thing or maybe added it with the expansions i would have switched the two if Switch i could it do up. it again yeah yeah but a game can either be perfect or it can be done. Yep. Yeah. You don't want to. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be sitting around the dinner table. Yeah, this game I've been working on for twenty years. One of these days, it's going to be done. Oh, right in the heart. <laughs> that has had, like, I know that feeling. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to trigger anybody here. Um, oh my god. <laughs> uh, are there other tavern in slice of life games that you've played uh tabletop games video games whatever that you think have hit some of the notes you look for in a tavern game well i haven't played a lot of tavern games to be honest i've played slice of life games mm -hmm. but the reason i wrote tiny taverns was because i i hadn't any experience with a game like that yet uh yeah. there are of course i did a little bit of research and there are other ta tavern games but i didn't have the experience with them Slice of Life games. Did you did that? Did Speak. you guys hear that? Oh yeah. That is my 19-year-old cat. Wow. And I would, I know the cat tax have to pick him up and put him in front of the camera, right? But uh, <laughs> he has walked out of the room, so hey. when he comes back, I'll see. I scoop him up. He's old. We'll we'll leave him be. Yeah, he's pretty spry for 19. Um, so. Uh, I've played a few Slice of Life games. Uh, I th I'd like to see more of them, to be honest. Uh, every, most of the games uh, 
you go you can go on to drive through or itch and find some good ones but most of them are combat related and that makes sense um i guess if i had to pick three really good slice of life games that uh i thought were really really good the first is golden sky stories um i absolutely adore that game actually it was uh Japanese style role playing games that introduced me to this kind of pastoral style mm -hmm. of, of game. Uh, Golden Sky Stories is is a really good one. You play as shape shifting uh, animal spirits like yokai, sort of, and their goal is to help people solve their problems in a village, basically. That's cool. And it's just an adorable little game. Uh, the second is a game called Floatsum. Actually, I don't know. Do I have. I do. <laughs> So look at me, I prepared. More prepared uh, than yeah. I. Uh, Floatsome is a uh, game where you're, uh, you are the underbelly crew of a, of a giant floating spaceship that is essentially a, like, or, a sta or a space station. It's essentially like you know, uh, intergalactic. And rather than being the people at the top of the totem pole, you're at the bottom. You're like the workers and you know all that stuff. And... Uh, the there are it uses powered by the apocalypse and it is a diceless version and there are playbooks not just for the characters like the character types but there are playbooks for conflict types hmm. because depending on your character archetype you have a specific challenge and someone can uh use that playbook to introduce difficulties and challenges oh, wow. based on who your character is and the focus is on interpersonal relationships and the stakes, instead of being life or death, it's usually like, will this relationship survive? Or will this secret get out? And things like that. Wow. And I adore that. That is such a good, yeah. So definitely one for the, uh, one to look up. Oh, and um, the third, I guess, would be Chubo's Marvelous Wish Granting Engine. I've not heard of that, but I'm gonna buy oh, it like right now, just based on the name. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, um. <laughs> It's based on uh, Noblis, if you've ever, if you're familiar one. with that. Mm -hmm. uh, Noblis is a really good game, too. That one's not Slice of Life, but it's a similar sort of shared narrative system. Diceless, and uh, the uh, the idea behind Chubos is it sort of simulates that Adventure Time uh, improv uh, improvised fantasy-style kind of game. It's really great. It really is. Say, say the name one more time for, for the people uh, in the back. Chubo's Marvelous Wish-Granting Engine. Okay. Outstanding. I'm going to check that it's out immediately. <laughs> I promise you. It's so good. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you said there are tavern games out there. Um, you still made Tiny Taverns to kind of fill a niche. Do you have any particular hopes for future tavern games? I mean, I guess a lot of what you're saying, and, I, and again, I'm trying to keep it in the tavern theme because this is not a, a specifically an RPG podcast because this could be hours-long discussion. Um, oh my gosh! But yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of the RP, the tabletop world, is slowly breaking out of the the crust of the game that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> so, kind of with that in mind, you know, do you have any expectations or hopes for future games uh, in this kind of slice of life set, uh, setting? Uh, well, I would just like to see players. Um, I'd like to see players and designers kind of uh, get more comfortable with games that have different stakes. Uh, mm. We're used to describing slice of life games as being lower stakes. They're not lower if like your world is threatened, but it's not like the world that's threatened. I think 
different stakes is what I like to call them. Yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, interpersonal relationship drama kind of games yeah. made. Uh, I, of course, want to see players play different sorts of games too. Uh, the tavern is a useful device for that because it provides you the comfort of uh, the setting and uh, you know the familiarity. And I'd like to see designers kind of use that as a way of telling interpersonal stories. And I think the tavern is a is a great way to do that. Uh, I would also, I guess. To me, whenever a new role-playing game is released, I think I can't remember who it was. There was someone, there was someone who said that what's happening in the indie RPG scene is a big conversation, hmm. and like every game that gets released is like someone at, commenting on it, hmm. saying, "Well, this is something else you could do." I find that to be really intriguing. That is very interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see the conversation expand in that direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. Those are some great thoughts. And uh, very quickly, before we let you go, what is maybe uh, one of, not the number one, because that can be a bit trying, one of the uh, fictional taverns you would like to visit most? Oh, that's a tricky question. I don't know that I have one, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough question to answer. Um, I'm kind of a homebody myself. I prefer my characters to do my exploring for me. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Uh, for all of you listening, make sure that you check out all of Robert's work. Uh, all of his stuff is linked in the notes below. So make sure if you haven't yet, you check out Tiny Taverns. Uh, keep an eye on his Twitter for all of his upcoming projects. Uh, Robert Denton, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Fellow travelers, this has been the Tavern Hunter podcast. For more on the hunt for great fantasy inns and taverns, including game reviews, books, music, and more, please visit our website at tavernhunter.com. Our music is Traveler's Respite, composed by Michael Elliott. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the show. <laughs>